Yo, what's going on? It feels so good to be back podcasting finally again after a little hiatus. Thank you so much for your patience. A couple of weeks off. I'll explain why. Um, I don't know if you can understand this, but I was in the uh, the Caribbean for both of those Sunday mornings. So it was 82 and sunny outside. Right. So there was not going to be a podcast. I'm sorry. I should have, you know, back in my day when I was slightly more dedicated to this kind of stuff. I probably would have found time to do like family round tables on the uh, balcony or something, <laughs> but it didn't happen. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I can't wait to tell you about this vacation. I, uh, man, it's been a, uh, it's been a, a really busy two weeks. Um, I'll skip through actually, before we get to the vacation, some other stuff, because I'm excited to tell you about something I've been wanting to tell you about for a long time. Um, and finally can, uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but quickly, I want to talk about last week because last week was a tough week here too because we come back from vacation and then we all get sick. Yeah, I don't know if it was like we get, did we get sick on the cruise ship or did we get sick like the flight home from the cruise? I sat next to a girl who was like, <coughs> you know, sniffling and all doing all those winter sniffles and crap the whole time. And that's where my wife thinks I got sick. And then, of course, I was sick for a couple of days. And then as soon as I got better, wife and child both got sick. And that's t- – oh, God. When you, like, you're t- there is nothing worse than when your child is sick. Yeah, I don't like seeing my wife sick either. But child sick is the worst thing you're ever going to see because he like – you know, it's oh, – he just – what do you want to think about it it's just the worst he's just so innocent and then he doesn't feel good and you just wish you could do anything to fix it and i probably got him sick to begin with which is also not ideal so anyway um so i don't know do we get sick on the cruise or on the flight we don't really know it was tough though because i was coming back from a week of not working which meant i was buried and at the same time i was buried I had a cold, which is fine. I'm not like a man cold kind of guy where I'm like laying in bed all day because I have a cold. I, I, you know, I'm still working, but it's just the, there's just like a mental fogginess that comes with having a cold that makes it so that you just, you just feel like you're moving at a snail's pace. And when you're moving at a snail's pace, you know, and you've got a pile of shit to catch up on, it's just bad. It's not good. It's not good. So, uh, rough week coming back, although I do have to say one of the things that I really love about coming back to work was just more and more evidence to me of how much I love what I do for a living. Because, um, and that's a combination of the exact thing we do, you know, the bottling of sauces, developing new sauces, although I do have one failure to report to you from that standpoint, but, um, that, but then also just running a business and seeing our business thrive, seeing our business succeed when I'm not around is amazing. Um, it's, it's really, you know, I, was, I, I told you guys, I listened to a lot of entrepreneur podcasts and I was listening to somebody who was talking about second stage entrepreneurs. What does that look like? What does it look like when you've sort of gotten beyond, you know, startup mode? What's the next couple of modes after that? And, and part of that is, have you built a team of people who are not only able to do the things that you used to do, but they're doing them better. They're able to do the things that you were doing better than you were doing them. And the great thing about that is there is no doubt in my mind that our team that we have in place right now at Craft Cannery, every single one of them does their job better than I could do their job. And that is 
just uh, an absolute like home run, in, in my opinion, for me. I just I, I can't tell you how thrilled that makes me. I love this team. I love this business. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I feel <laughs> feel useless because I think they know I can't do what they do as good as they do. But, you know, I've got my things I do too, right? Right. Do I? Do I have anything I do anymore? I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's great. It's great. So here's the failure I wanted to tell you about. But one of my favorite parts of my job is developing new sauces. And I'm really excited because this week, um, obviously, I've got confidentiality in place and can't tell you who, but I get to pitch some new sauces to a, a, a customer I'm really excited to work with. But um, one of the things that I can tell you about, because it was for my own brand, for Guglielmo's brand, is that I was very excited to develop a pesto, a pesto sauce. And um, I made, as I often do, I made the first version at home, just a quick little home batch. And then we had it for dinner, me and my wife, and it was fantastic. Uh, anyone who doesn't know pesto, it's fresh basil. It's usually uh, some really good like Parmesan or Romano cheese, uh, extra virgin olive oil. It's usually to give it some bite. It's going to have some nuts in it, like some pine nuts. Um, and I that's where I've been getting creative is on what kind of nuts to use. But then also it's going to have... Um, Beyond the nuts, it's going to have uh, garlic and like you know some seasonings, maybe salt and pepper, some lemon juice. I don't know. There's some other things you can do with it, but those are the basic components of a pesto. And I made it at home, and it was fantastic. And yesterday, I tried to make my first somewhat commercial batch, really just you know kind of a a feasibility batch. So we're just talking about a few gallons here, but. The difference is instead of making it at home where you're really just making it to taste as good as you can and that's it, now I'm trying to test can I make it shelf-stable. So I'll make a two- or three-gallon batch, and I'll I'll try to make it shelf-stable. And there's really two parts of that to make something shelf-stable. One is how hot can you get it, how long can you keep it that hot, and then finally – uh, what is the overall acidity of the sauce? Uh, and the acidity's through the roof, unfortunately. So you got to add a ton of acid to this stuff to make it shelf stable. But then the other part of that was the cooking it really hot. And with the, the nice, beautiful, vibrant green leaves, the unfortunate thing is when you get those nice, vibrant green leaves, basil leaves, that hot, well, they start to turn dark green or even brown for the for if you don't agitate or you know stir fast enough, and that's what happened. Is I just this basil just this basil pesto just turned out to be like dark green, borderline brown. Um, of course, the 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 burning or the overcooking of the basil starts to change the flavor and adding all that acid to make it shelf stable. Also, so long story short, big failure on the first. Uh, the first go of the pesto my my thoughts are maybe to go to a tomato basil pesto which is essentially everything i just described to you but also will introduce a tomato puree to it um and it's that's got a really good flavor too if you've never had it tomato basil pesto and you know and then you'll throw in like some sun-dried tomatoes or something to really bring up uh an interesting kind of flavor from the tomato side to match up to the interesting flavor from the basil pesto side but that's the best I can come up with so far. I just, long story short, I don't have a solution. This was last night. It was Saturday night. It was the last thing I made. I had like four things to develop yesterday, and I ran out of gas when it didn't work well. And so today's my brainstorm day. So you just heard me doing some brain. I don't know what I'm going to do with this yet. But I do know this. On my way home last night, 
I decided I was going to try a chain restaurant that I have never had. I don't like chains, but there is one scenario where I love chains, and that is when it's a chain that I've heard of but never tried. Like, for example, I would never eat from a chain on vacation, the exception being if I'm ever on vacation and I see an In-N-Out burger, I'm absolutely going to In-N-Out burger. I've never had it, and I'm dying to have it. Um, Same thing with what's it called? Shake Shack up at the exit there between Rochester and Syracuse. Right, like that. Was, as soon as I heard that was there, <coughs> I didn't go crazy. I didn't like drive to that rest stop for no reason. But the first time I ever had to go to Syracuse on my way back, I said, "Listen, we're not eating because we got to stop at that rest stop on the way home." <laughs> so yesterday on my way home, they just put a Jersey Mike's in near where I live in Brighton. It's in the new Whole Foods Plaza there on uh, Monroe Avenue, and so I said, "Okay, never had it." And I'm excited to try it. I'm going to try Jersey Mike, right? I see the commercials. I know they've been around for years. They're finally, you know, infiltrating Rochester. Let me try Jersey Mike. So I ordered a steak sub. I was, um, I'm, you know, listen, I, I, I hope they're successful because if they're local franchisees, of course I want them to be successful. The, the customizable options were not there on the website. Of course, I mobile ordered. Maybe had I ordered in person, that would have been different. But I'm a millennial and deathly afraid of speaking to people face-to-face. So I ordered online ahead of time. And I don't feel like I had a lot of options to customize the sub. Um, you know, it wasn't like I was expecting when you order like a pizza or something. And it's like, what toppings would you like? And you get 50 choices. It wasn't like that. It was like all the toppings that already came on the sub, would you like to add extra or take it off? And then there was like two extra options where it was like, would you like to add bacon? Would you like to add mushrooms? And that was it. There was no, if I wanted to add a couple other things, it wasn't an option. (coughs) So I don't know if I missed something there or if it's just not an option. Um, Also, they do a thing where they have the, the, they've kind of, um, another thing I didn't love was, the regular size of a sub is just a little bit too small, and the big size of a sub is just a little bit too big. It's kind of like the, I guess if you were to compare them to like Subway, regular sub is like less than their foot long, and then the the big sub is even bigger than their foot long. So it was almost too much because, of course, I got the big one. The flavor was good. I felt it was a bit skimpy, a little bit too much bread, not enough steak, right? There was that, I would say. Uh, no sauce options at any point either. I was looking for some nice sauce options or topping options, but again, didn't see those options anywhere. Again, I ordered mobile. Maybe had I ordered in person, that would have been a different story, but there was that. Um, and a large sub, chips, a soda, and a brownie came to $34. So there's that as well. But I think that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of uh, going on all throughout our society right now i know that's a big tiktok trend right now (laughs) cheeseburger fries and a milkshake please great that'll be thirty dollars yep (laughs) that's where we're at right now so jersey mike's overall it was fine the the sub tasted fine it tasted very fresh it was good uh would i go back again i'm not jumping to go back again frankly if i'm in the mood for a steak sub it's not probably the one i'm gonna choose it's not and i do i'd say at least once a month i get a hanker in for a nice steak sub so <clears throat> all right um really quick before i get into the cruise vacation i want to talk about a couple of things i've been dying to talk about for a long time 
but not been able to and uh, because they were uh, confidential, I guess. And that is from the philanthropic side of my life. And that is my uh, choice to do a decent amount of work with local uh, not-for-profits and charities. And um, there are there's some fluctuating going on in my life right now in terms of coming on to and going off of other boards. Uh, but there's two particular things. No, actually three, excuse me, particular things that I'm very excited to announce. One is that I'll be joining the St. Anne's Community Board later this year. That's still many months away, but later this year. Um, that one is important to me because uh, a lot of, not a lot of people realize this, but when I was in college, elder care was actually uh, something that I took classes in and did an internship in elder care and ended up going to a nursing home and spending time with folks who were living in nursing homes as uh, college credit. Actually did that for college credit, really enjoyed that. Um, St. Anne's, of course, is, uh, is a home. For seniors with all different levels of living, they've got independent living, assisted living, um, uh, you know, they've got every level, every level there. And, uh, you know, my relationship with my grandfather, obviously, I've always found, um, I've always found our elderly to be really fascinating. They've lived entire lives. They're experts in things that we are not. They've seen things that we've only read or heard about. And uh, unfortunately, Sometimes they get forgotten, right? They go to a home and, and all of a sudden it's just their family now that remembers that they're there. And that is, to me, one of the sadder things about our society. And so I'm very excited to start to do some work with St. Anne's. Another thing I'm very excited about, this one is is just thrilling me on so many levels, is to join the board of the Rochester Broadway Theater League. I was invited a couple of months ago, and finally the vote came, and I got in. Um, and uh, I, my wife and I are Broadway season ticket holders. I think I've seen every show that has come through here for the last decade, because prior to that, when I worked in radio, we had um, press passes. So I basically had season tickets in one way, shape, or form for the better part of 10 years or so now. And um, I just, I love theater. I love musicals. For example, on the cruise ship, they show Cats. They've got a production of Cats. I'm the only one from my entire group of 10 people that went that went to Cats <laughs> by myself because <laughs> I just, I love theater. I don't know. I love it. Love, love, love it. And so being a part of the RBTL board is also I- extremely thrilling to me. And then the one, and, and that's the, both, listen, both of those are thrilling pieces of news. But the one that I have to put on a pedestal and admit that I am even more thrilled is that I was asked to, and I should say the vote is still pending at this point, but at least it's public knowledge. But there does still have to be the formality of a vote. So I, I could be getting ahead of myself here. But I was tapped as the. Um, Rochester Rotary president for the year 2024-2025, which would make me the current president-elect-elect. Uh, current president is Kathleen Pringle. Next year, it's Jeff Halleck. And then the year after that, it's me. And our year runs July 1st through July 1st, so it's you know halfway through 2024 into the mid of 2025. And that is such a life-comes-full-circle thing for me because of the fact that I – really started any philanthropic work I did at all. I started as a teenager as a uh, rotary exchange student to Italy. So man, oh man, oh man, am I thrilled. Am I thrilled for that? That's just all three of those things are just things that are 
shaping my life in a way that um, between seeing the business thrive, trying to take the business to new bounds, and then being able to do the philanthropy (laughs) on the side for causes that I believe in, um, you know, seeing what it is, is it's seeing the business thrive to the point where I'm able to have the means and the time to go and uh, give myself to these causes that I really enjoy working with is really what it is. That just has put me in such a good spot mentally recently that I can't begin to thank the entire universe of people that made that possible for me over the last bunch of years. And one of the ways I'll be doing that is by participating in the John DeTulio roast next month and crapping on a couple of those people (laughs) in a playful way, in a playful way, playful, playful, playful. No, yeah, so Jim Salmon came to me probably a month ago or so and said, hey, we're going to do a John DeTulio roast, and uh, would you be uh, our mystery guest? And, of course, I said yes, but then I see the poster has come out, and I'm on the poster, and there's another mystery guest. I guess they decided not to make me the mystery guest, which is fine. That's okay. Um, But uh, I've been writing jokes for it. And here's something that I'm kind of afraid of, and that is everything I just told you about being the CEO of a of a company that is growing and, and making strides and then also having all of these different philanthropic endeavors that I'm doing. And now I'm going to go make some jokes that will be <sighs> – let's just say I hope there's no cameras there that night. No, in all honesty, I've written jokes. Some of them are clean and funny. Some of them are less clean. Um, and I, I think I'm going to run them by some responsible people and say, hey, are there any of these I should just cut out of this? Listen, nothing is like – nothing's raunchy or like um, – there's no like hatefulness, raunchy, nothing like that. It's just like the cursing. Like is it time for me in life to get the cursing under control? I've unfortunately always had a bit of a potty mouth. And so far, so good in life with that. But, you know, the problem with uh, the world we live in right now, and I'm not going to be one of those people who's like, meh, cancel culture. Eh." It's not that. It's not that I am afraid necessarily of cancel culture. It's just that things taken out of context, you know, do me this. Do me this favor. Take your life. Okay, think about yourself. Think about everything you have ever said in your life okay now if i was able to go back through your entire life and pick and choose anything you've ever said and isolate just that one little tiny sound clip of that time you said that thing could i make you look like an absolute terrible person guess what the answer is yes for everyone i don't care what anyone says I don't care what anybody says. You have said something in your life that you are not proud of. Well, (laughs) this is a roast, which means I'm going to be saying things that I'm not necessarily not – that I'm not – it's not that I'm not proud of. It's that they're ex- they're highly exaggerated things. They're just things that are, you know I don't believe myself, but I'm, they're still going to come out of my mouth, and that makes me a little bit nervous because of you know cell phones and video and uh, well yes cancel culture. So anyway, John DeTulio roast March first comedy at the Carlson. Get your tickets through comedy at the Carlson. I've got about ten minutes of jokes written right now. And I need to stop writing and start whittling those down to just a good five minutes. Oh, God, I'm excited for that. Okay. 
That's it, except for let's talk about this cruise. <clears throat> I looked forward to this cruise. We booked this cruise two full years ago. This cruise was legitimately booked in January of the year 2021. Now, remember, January 2021, you're still talking about full-on COVID. Uh, it was right around the time, because I think it was around fall of 2020. So it was like it was right around the time that people started to kind of, um, oh, how do you call it? I don't know, sort of protest against COVID. Like it was the time around where people started to really kind of look to get rid of the masks. And, and you know, we didn't even have – I don't even think we had vaccines yet. I can't remember the full timeline of COVID. But basically when we booked it, the mentality was, hey, by January of 2023, you know, it'll be a great way because COVID, we know COVID will be over by then. Meanwhile, COVID, uh, I think the, the government did officially announce is over in May, right? Didn't they say it's finally – they're finally canceling COVID? Um, I think the end of the state of emergency is in May. So, and, and what does that actually mean? The only thing I've come up with so far is what it actually means is that COVID tests won't be free anymore at the pharmacy, uh, or that at least insurance agencies have to make individual decisions as to whether or not they're going to continue to cover that. But anyway, so we booked this thing two years ago. And at the very beginning, when we first book it, I do a ton of research. I'm talking about that first couple of months. 2021, right, I'm doing just like I'm watching YouTube videos and reading blogs and reviews and things. I do a ton of research. Then for a year and a half, I completely forget about it. And then for the last few months, back to the same thing where I'm just research, 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 you know, getting ready for this cruise. And it was me, my son, my wife, my wife's sister, her best friend, Sydney, my mother, my father, my brother, my Aunt Kim and my cousin Emily. So what was so much fun about this cruise, because it's the third one I've been on, but it's the first time I've ever been on one where I was with a group of people. And the group really did make it so much fun because you just had all these different dynamics at play within our group between, you know, my parents and my wife and, you know, my cousin and my brother. Like, I had every bit of my personality was represented somewhere here. And I was able to be everything from, you know, fancy dinner and, you know, my aunt's a Pulitzer Prize nominee. Like, like fancy dinners with intelligent talk all the way to, you know, belligerent trips to the casino with my brother. <laughs> like, all of it, all of it got represented in there somewhere. We were on a ship called Oasis of the Seas by Royal Caribbean, which is a giant cruise ship. It's one of the biggest in the world. Um, and it's a cool thing because it's a cruise ship that's divided into different neighborhoods. So they've got like an entertainment district. They've got a central park. They've got the pool area. They have a what they call promenade, which I guess best way to describe that is it's like a, a mall, like a mall area. They have a boardwalk. Um, I think I'm missing some stuff. But so they've got all these different neighborhoods and, and just everywhere you turn, there's a different bar or or restaurant or, you know, some form of entertainment. And, and all day, I mean, really, if you, you know, that you would have this app and you could download this app and we all did and you could click on Daily Planner. And at any point during the day, I would say if it was between 7 a.m. and about 2 a.m., there was something happening on that planner. Something you could go to somewhere on the ship where something was about to start. 
and all different levels of entertainment from, I mean, we're talking about levels of entertainment ranging from, you know, trivia or intro to salsa dancing, you know, all the way up to like <coughs> nightclub, <coughs> which, you know, I'm too old for, but we had a really good time. Of course, the first thing we did when we got on this cruise, though, was watch that Bill's Bangles game. Um, which which was was an experience because of the fact that it was snowing, and we were you know watching that game in eighty degree heat, uh, which is which is a trip you know it's a trip it's a trip sitting in the summer and watching it be winter, just a three hour plane ride away. Um, but of course that was a little bit of a depressing way to start the trip, but there was really nothing that was going to depress me that getting on that cruise ship that day. It was just it was just perfect. It was all around perfection. We ate at all the restaurants. Um, the, my favorite restaurant was one called 150 Central Park, if you ever go on one of these cruises. Just really good food. But there was good food all around, everywhere we went. Entertainment was fantastic. Um, there was just really nothing I can say bad about this cruise. I, I would say maybe it seemed a little bit more crowded than past cruises I've been on. So there were some longer lines, especially at bars. I feel like there was a few scenarios where I maybe waited a little bit long at a bar compared to what I remember from past cruises. Usually these cruises are so well staffed that those bars are always just full of people. But here's the problem. <clears throat> a lot of people in real life drink you know, beer and wine and uh, simpler drinks. But on a cruise ship, a lot of people have bought this thing called the the deluxe drink package. And I was no different. I had that thing. And the bars are so well staffed and so well stocked that they will make you at these bars the fanciest of cocktails if that's what you want. And people, because they've paid for this deluxe beverage package, people are ordering the fanciest and frankly most complicated of cocktails that they can possibly order because, you know, they feel they paid for this package. So they're going to order these things that take these bartenders five minutes to make their drink. And I just feel like one tweak I would make is I would maybe have one line for people who are ordering beer or wine. Because of how quickly beer and wine can be taken care of compared to some of the cocktails and mixed drinks that people are ordering, I feel like if you're going to have a bar with four bartenders, maybe there's one bartender with a sign that says beer and wine only in this line. And then the other three bartenders are concentrated on cocktails because the bartender dealing with the beer and the wine can take care of 10 people while the, the, you know, the bartenders taking care of the mixed drinks can only handle about four because those are just – so anyway, I don't know. I'm getting into the weeds on that. The whole thing was really great. The the whole trip was great. And, of course, my deal, my problem who where I suck as a person is I deal with, uh, you know, small bouts of depression. And so I knew the one really bad thing about this cruise coming up was the fact that coming off of this cruise was going to leave me with a high likelihood for some bouts of depression because I had been looking so forward to it for so long and now it's just gone. It's just over. So one thing we did do to kind of mask that a bit is while we were on the cruise, we booked our next cruise for another two years away for January of 2025 on a brand new ship called Icon of the Seas, which is very exciting. But so that's fun. So that's exciting. So, you know, at least in the back of my head, it's like, wow, we're going to, you know, we'll be back one day. But here's the truth. 
We'll never be back with the whole group. We're never going to be back with my mom and dad and brother, my aunt and cousin, right? Like, like maybe one or two of those people will come, but we're never going to get that whole group back on that ship. And that's sad. That's sad. So I've had a couple situations this week where I've had to kind of talk myself through being sad about it being over. You know, I've been just looking forward to it for so long. But it was a great experience. And anybody who's never been on a cruise really should try it. It's a unique experience. I know there's some people who don't like cruising. There's people who really love, you know, the idea of an all-inclusive resort. Um, There's people who love the idea of a cruise. There's people who don't love either one of those ideas. Uh, I happen to fall into the category of people who love a cruise, but not an all-inclusive resort. I like the idea that we're moving, that we're visiting different places, uh, that that you have a constant view of the water. I love that, too. I'm a sucker for an ocean balcony, you know. I just think cruises in general are great vacations, but I do understand how, for some people, it might not fit in your personality, and you're looking for something different. So, I get it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's it for me. Uh, anything else? No. Okay. We're back. Thanks for your patience. I love you.